This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora koutou katoa, kua huhi mai nei, mō tēnei o tato. My name is Peter Barron and I am the radio pharmacist and I'm here on OAR 105.4 FM every week. Over the next half hour, we will talk about how and why and when to use medicines and other matters concerning your health. If you missed the show or wish to listen to today's show or previous shows, these are available on podcast. I'm always happy to talk about any specific issues or questions that you have, and you can contact me at The Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. Norida, no mai, hardi mai, and let's get started. Ah, kia ora koutou katoa on this uh, rather delightful uh, Tuesday. Uh, certainly we're seeing a little bit of variability in our weather. Quite cool yesterday, but what a wonderful, uh, wonderful, what are we? We're into nearly uh, early summer's day uh, today, aren't we? First of November. Uh, the big race happens today in Australia. The, the uh, so much sport on at the moment with the World Cup cricket. Uh, some absolutely exciting games. We've got the uh, the women's rugby World Cup, which probably uh, hoping New Zealand's going to uh, carry on its winning ways. We've got the rugby league World Cup. Uh, we've got the uh, the, the uh, football World Cup starting very shortly. So it's a uh, it's a fairly sort of busy time. So I hope uh, I hope you're all well. Uh, look, I've decided I'm just sort of giving a little bit of a heads up. I've um, I'm running out a bit of steam as the radio pharmacist at the moment. I've got a few other things on my plate, and uh, so we've it's been a, an interesting journey over the uh, the last couple of years. But I'm going to take a little bit of a break from the show. We we may come we may come back. Um, uh, later in the year or early next year, or depending upon what the station's availability is, and depending upon if I feel that I've got something useful to say to you, um, it's been an interesting journey. Obviously, it's been a journey through COVID, um, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about COVID now. Uh, we've, we're clearly starting to see a, an uptick in cases again, and I, what I don't know is I be curious to see how that goes against, say, the influenza tracker um, in terms of cases. But we're certainly seeing an uptick. We're seeing I know, a few people that have caught COVID recently. Um, so, I mean, the key the key message is this virus is going to stay in our community. I think we have to expect it's going to be here like influenza permanently. I'm not expecting it to go away. It's going to keep mutating. Um, I think we should expect, as um, as our borders have fully reopened now, that we're going to get uh, both uh, people coming in from overseas, we're going to go overseas ourselves, and we're going to come back. The common precautions still apply. Um, this is a serious illness. Um, I hope uh, through all the time that I've been talking to you about COVID, I've been able to emphasise to you just how serious this illness is. It's not uh, just a bad cold. Um, it's not influenza. What's becoming increasingly clear as we know more about this virus, it is having long-term effects for a whole lot of people. And perhaps as many as 20% of people or more are developing what they call long COVID. And 
Um, those symptoms vary. There are people who had COVID. I've had COVID myself, unfortunately, like I guess most of you have. And uh, I don't think I've got any long-term effects at the moment. When I say I don't think I've got any long-term effects, I've not noticed any noticeable change. But I hear of other people whose lives have changed dramatically, um, who haven't been able to work and I, as I said, I think we've, we've spoken previously about what was diagnosed uh, by my late friend, Dr. Peter Snow in Tapanui and called dubbed the Tapanui flu, which wasn't recognised for a long time. I think we're smart enough now to recognise that COVID is having long-term effects on people. So clearly uh, the advice at the moment still remains that vaccination is your best protection um, and vaccination, the evidence seems very clear that for most people, vaccination is going to protect you against serious illness. The jury is still out in terms of um, what its relationship with long COVID is, and that's going to be an emerging picture. But I mean, I think the thing that we should all remember is that COVID, um, since its discovery coming up to three years ago, the huge impact it's had on everybody around the world uh, in terms of the, the, the huge number of people that have died, the huge number of people that have been ill, people who have lost jobs, the, the effect on our economy, the effect on international trade. It's been a devastating illness. And I think in some senses, we probably should be very lucky that we do have modern communications. We do have modern research and we do have modern medicine, because I have no doubt that uh, the picture, if we'd taken ourselves back to the period at the end of the First World War and immediately after when uh, when the, the huge influenza epidemic swept around the world, if we'd had those types of consequences, then we would have been serious, serious problems. And for those that criticise our response in New Zealand, we had to have response. It doesn't matter what your political leanings are. The government of the day had to make the best decisions based on the advice that they had. Uh, we can always contest whether that advice was always accurate, whether people responded appropriately. But it seems very clear when we contrast what's happened in New Zealand with COVID with what happened in similar nations overseas, then we've probably got off very lightly. We probably would have expected, the modelling suggests, that we would have had upwards of 10,000 deaths. Now, 10,000 deaths, if you just stop to think about it for a moment, if there'd been another 10,000 people who had died as a consequence of, um, of this illness, it could have been you, it could have been me, it could have been our mum, it could have been our dad, it could have been our grandparents, it could have been our children, it could have been workmates. I think we could be fairly assured that if that death rate of 10,000 plus people had occurred, then we would all know somebody who had either died or had been affected by um, somebody who had died. So this was and remains a serious illness and it's not something that we should treat with levity or lightness and ignore. There are some sensible precautions that we still uh, should take. I, for one, am going to continue to wear my mask. Um, and I will continue to do that where I consider myself at risk. As I've said, I have one of the, if there's a silver lining to this, 
I don't think I've had a cold or a sniffle or influenza or anything um, in the last two years. And I put that down to the fact that we've been very cautious about how we interact with people. We've been very cautious in that we've been mask wearing, which protects not only ourselves, but protects others from us. And uh, we've also, you know, we had lockdowns, etc. So we've modified our behaviour and we still are modifying our behaviour. I still know particularly older people who are very reluctant to go to social functions, etc. because they don't want to expose themselves to the risk of COVID. And as I've said, I've, I still get reports, I've still got friends who are getting COVID. The other thing which we do have now is we do have uh, antiviral products such as Paxlovid, which is the drug of choice. There are other choices, but Paxlovid, without a doubt, is the drug of choice. And that is supplied uh, free of charge. There are no prescription charges or anything with it. It's available either on a doctor's prescription or you can go directly to a pharmacy who have done the training and they can dispense it to you without a doctor's prescription. Uh, there are some eligibility criteria which have to be met and those eligibility criteria are available. You can find them on, uh, you can just go and look on the internet. Uh, on the whole, um, if you are Māori or Pacifica and you're over 50, um, then that that is that is one factor for eligibility. If you're uh, part of the general population, if you're over 65, that's another factor. If you are severely immunocompromised, so if you're taking and you can find out that definition, your your doctor or your nurse or your pharmacist will be able to tell you. You will probably know if you're being treated for certain conditions with what we call immunosuppressive drugs. Um, then you'll be eligible. Um, there are a number of other factors which are taken into consideration. If you have things like diabetes, um, if you are obese by a definition that the Ministry of Health use in terms of they, they still use the, what they call a BMI. So if you've got a BMI over a certain level, then that will qualify you. If you have um, cardiovascular disease, there are a whole series of things which would which make you eligible for Paxlovid. Now, I read some interesting comment and was involved in some interesting comment on social media. Um, some people were objecting to the fact that Māori and Pacifica people um, were eligible age 50 compared to um, non-Māori, Pākehā, Asian people, etc., who have to wait to 65. You know, that's just one of the criteria um, people were saying, well, why should there be this difference? Well, there's always this difference if you're an at-risk population. So we could consider, uh, as an example, breast cancer. Now, we routinely screen women or make breast uh, screening available, mammography available for women between certain ages. But breast cancer is not just a disease of women. Men get breast cancer as well. Not very often, but men do get breast cancer. So, but we're not, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, look, I'm being discriminated against because women are entitled to go and get a, a two-yearly breast screen, and I'm not. 
Uh, I don't expect to go into breast screen because breast cancer is not particularly prevalent amongst men, but nevertheless it does occur in men and it has the same consequences for men as potentially it does for women. So we don't complain about that. Um, there are other conditions which are defined around ethnicity. There are groups of people who are more vulnerable to certain illnesses for genetic reasons. So the, the argument to me that um, people say, oh, look, we, we're one people, there shouldn't be this differentiation, is just a nonsense. It's quite clear that the, some of the most at-risk groups, apart from older people, are people of Māori and uh, Pacific uh, descent. Now, that's just that's a fact. Why it's a fact, I don't know. There may be genetic factors. It may be cultural factors. It may be what we call comorbidities. It's also very clear that life expectancy for certain groups changes depending upon your culture. And it also depends upon uh, your ethnicity. It depends upon your gender. It's very clear, for instance, in New Zealand that women have a longer life expectancy than, than men, um, it's just a statement of fact. So that's why we, why uh, government and ministry target these preparations. So, folks, let's go to a break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about that some more in a couple of moments. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on ORFM Dunedin. Taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and well-being in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial, and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM and 15.75am or online at oar.org.nz. That's The Radio Pharmacist, every week on Tuesdays at noon.
And kia ora, welcome back. Uh, yours, Peter Barron, the radio pharmacist. So um, if you do want to go back and listen to any of the previous broadcasts or you missed today's broadcast, you can always find that on the podcast at oar.org.nz um, um, or on my uh, website, radiopharmacist.co.nz. Um, just click on podcast, uh, type in radio pharmacist and select the show that you want to listen to. So as I said, it's been a it's been an interesting journey over the last couple of years, and I think it's a journey that will carry on. Uh, but I am going to take a, a bit of a break and a bit of a refresh. Um, so we've been talking about uh, we've obviously covered the COVID thing. Um, just remember that uh, there are other me- other injections that are available, other vaccinations that are available uh, through your pharmacy now. And if you haven't had, if you're over sixty five and you haven't had a uh, tetanus shot, so it's a combination of tetanus with a couple of others with um, what with a, um, an injection called Boostrix, but the principal part of that is tetanus. It's really important. Tetanus is, is a nasty disease. We have spoken about it before. It's one that's largely disappeared, but it's not one that's to be taken lightly. You can get tetanus if you talk to your parents, your grandparents, older people, uh, they'll tell you about people getting tetanus from getting a, a, a nail in their foot or a bit of soil out of the garden. Uh, we used to sort of have a feeling as children that if horses had been in the paddock, there was a, there was a real risk that the, the tetanus spores would live on in the ground, etc. Things like a prick from a rose thorn could be fatal to you. So um, if you're over 65 and you haven't had a recent um, tetanus injection, uh, please go to a participating pharmacy and ask them. It's a, it's free of charge. You can have it at the same time as your COVID booster. You can have it at the same time as your influenza. So if you'd like to sort of do these, if uh, all three of them at once, it's a it's a really good option. Um, and if you're over, I'm just trying to remember. I think if you're over 45 and you haven't had four uh, tetanus. Uh, vaccinations through your life, then you're also entitled to a free um, a free vaccination. So really, really uh, sort of important. Obviously, the the other vaccination which we tend to overlook is uh, because it happens now with at childhood is the measles, mumps, rubella. Measles is a particularly nasty disease. Um, we're surrounded by nasty diseases. There's this, this, this concern about this outbreak, as we often have amongst the students of meningitis. And there are vaccin- vaccines available about against uh, meningitis, but this is another serious illness. Um, there's been a recent uh, plague, if you could like to call it that, amongst uh, the university students of scabies. Scabies is always around in the uh, in the student population. It's a function of crowded housing, uh, sometimes of poor housing. Um, but the scabies mite is a, a little burrowing insect, gets under your skin, and particularly you get very, very itchy at night, um, it tends to be more active when you're sleeping, when you're under the blankets and your skin's quite flushed then. Um, so to, the, the scabies mites come out to play and it gets very irritated and very itchy. There are over-the-counter preparations you can buy to get rid of it, uh, but there's a whole lot of things you need to do. You need to... Um, you can. Uh, put your bedding out in the sun. Uh, you can put pillow pillows, etc., in the freezer for three or four days. You can seal them, seal things up in plastic bags. Go talk to your pharmacy; they'll be able to tell you about uh, about scabies. It's a, uh, a particularly 
irritating um, affliction. Uh, the guys here were saying to me before I came on here, don't forget about now we're into the um, the sunnier time of the year, the slip, slop and slap. Uh, keep yourself covered. Um, it's getting to be a little bit of evidence, unfortunately, about the slip, slop, slap, that a lot of the chemicals that we use in sunscreens, particularly when we're swimming, don't have a great effect uh, on the environment and don't have a great effect uh, on marine life. And it's always this compromise. We deal with one issue. So we, we obviously have a huge concern about melanoma. Uh, and justifiably, it's once again, it's a terrible disease. I mean, your best protection against melanoma is to keep yourself covered, is to make sure that you've, you're wearing appropriate clothing, that you don't get sunburned, preferably um, you don't go out in the, in the midday sun. Um, that's that old saying about mad dogs and Englishmen. Uh, so those dangerous hours, particularly in summer, but remembering that in these latitudes, um, a lot of people visiting New Zealand sort of really surprised when they get really badly sunburned because um, they're just not used to these clear air, this clear air. And I've seen some terrible burns, particularly with kids. I mean, I used to work in central Otago, and you'd have people come out of Dunedin, and they go up to central Otago for the summer holidays, might go out in a boat or might be having a picnic and forget that uh, they've got a baby sitting in a bassinet who's getting badly burned, and I've seen some very, very nasty burns. Um, so just, just be really careful. So, folks... Um, this is going to be it for until I'm back again. I think I will be back again, um, but we are taking a break. So look, I do hope that uh, you've enjoyed uh, what I've had to say. I don't apologise if I've been controversial. I don't apologise for, for my firm views, um, but I do hope that you found uh, my experience as a pharmacist and I hope my uh, what I'd hope is common sense wisdom has been useful to you. So until the next time that I'm on the airwaves, uh, I'd like to say uh, goodbye. I'd like to say um, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tato katoa. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on ORFM Dunedin taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and well-being in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial, and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM or online at oar.org.nz. That's The Radio Pharmacist, every week on Tuesdays at noon. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.